All right? Yeah. Okay. I haven't done this for a while. So I'm going to describe the scene. <laughs> I'm sitting, or we're sitting, in our attic storeroom. Uh, the reason for that is we have clients downstairs in the studio seeing their pictures. And this building originally was an architect's practice, and this room was called the think tank. I kid you not. It is now full of lots of detritus of photography, but it's the quietest, calmest space we have in until the Until we building. arrived. Well, obviously, until we <laughs> arrived. Uh, and given I've got clients coming in at the studio, I had to find somewhere quiet, and I have the pleasure of one of our, I guess you're one of our longest standing relationships in yeah. the business. I met you when you were... Don't give away my age, Paul. All right. Young. Young. Girl. You were a schoolgirl. I think you were at school. I was still at school. Yeah. You yeah, were still, still at school, school, in a recording studio, yep. singing into a microphone, yep. barefoot. Yeah. The only one of the three sisters to be barefoot. As big as my feet were hurting. Well, I just thought it was very bohemian. <laughs> you, had, <laughs> you had a great big smile and you pulled me to one side in a gap and said, do you think we're going to be famous? Yeah, I remember that. And look at us now, yeah, not I remotely know. famous. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought? So uh, I have the luxury of sitting, chatting with Julia Fensum. I'm Paul, and this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Thank you very much for You're impressed me with that, aren't that you? That was yeah. so cool. That was a very cool segue. Just, oh, it sounds very It was almost seamless. It was. Uh, so, yes. Hello, Julia. How Hi. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very, very well. You can hear I've still got the remnants of a cold in my voice. I had a cold last week, uh, which threw the whole of our schedule. Completely off. Yeah, it's not like you, because people think, oh, you know, take a couple of days out, which we did because mm. I had to. But you don't gain anything. I didn't no. feel rested. I didn't no. feel better. I no. just couldn't pick up a camera and I didn't want to infect anybody. But now you've got a cold. Anytime anyone has a cold, they just look at you just with disease and go, Yes. Funnily enough, uh, Michelle's got a little bit of a tickly throat and she's nicknamed it Paul's Cough or Paul's Cold. And it's like, <laughs> where the hell? Why? That's better than COVID. Yeah, but I only had it temporarily. <laughs> I didn't create it. You know, yeah, but you gave it to her. Somebody gave it to me. Yeah, but you don't know who that was. I, I don't know who that was. But so clearly, you're patient know. zero, as far as I'm she not knows. Patient zero. You're patient zero. <laughs> I had to be COVID tested and everything else because even though I, I actually held on to my taste buds, yeah. yeah, and clearly my nose yeah. had exploded. This is not a yeah, COVID thing. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was a bit awkward Paul's having to reschedule like the week and having to tell everyone going, "It's fine. We've got Paul's cough." Yeah. No. No, that's not fine. Don't, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> and if and if at the end of spending a an hour or what in, in a oh, in if our I attic. get ill <laughs> yeah that's right I, get, I mean not the fact that it's like you know the think tank or the slightly messy tank to watch it Ain't it easy this just full of stuff it, is, okay, occasionally, it must be good for recording though because it's all very absorbing it's all books and it's folders incredibly and... good for recording it's just that you have to come up some flaky stairs to get yeah, into no, it yeah I was just saying if yeah. I hadn't known you for like the last 20 years I would not be climbing go and get in the <laughs> did loft. you notice I, I've, <laughs> I've locked the door you have locked Nobody the door knows, you're n- sat on top yeah. of it I'm not going to lie but your wife is downstairs and as she is, knows where I am as is all of your stuff as is all my stuff that's true yeah. I mean if you're a team of like thieves you'd be working really well right now they're downstairs right now, cloning your phone and your cards I've got my phone alright your cards yeah my cards there's no signal in here oh no no there is signal in oh, here oh okay thank goodness it's not that good <laughs> I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get lead windows so you can't get any signal in oh, the building. Oh no, that's what a, a Mexican policeman did to me once. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mexico is amazing. Don't ever fear anything <laughs> yeah. bad. But on the one occasion where we had arrived in Mexico and we had been there for like 
an hour. We'd all have been swindled by the car rental people who had initially said, no, you don't need this. It's fine. And then we arrived and then they were like, oh, but to rent the car, you need it. And then they were like, no, that's the American one who told you that. Oh. So you actually need to give us another 300 pounds. So it's fine. We got the car. It was like five in the morning. We needed to leave anyway. And then we left the, the city, Mexico City, got stopped at the like entrance to the city by a policeman just going, oh, you to drive your car outside before 11, it's a fine. And you need to give us like 300 pounds. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I know the Mexican policemen, they want bribes. That's what right. they want. Okay. I didn't know how much to bribe him. It was the first time in a very long time that I'd been there. So I tried ringing my cousin, just going, oi, I'm being stopped by a policeman. He wants a bribe. How much do I want? It wouldn't connect. And he came back. He was like, oh, are you trying to ring someone? There's no network around here. And he was literally, I was like, that's why you stop people here. Because you know they have no one to call. They can't get any help from anyone. And I was furious. And then I was like, I'm not giving you 300 pounds. I was like, because frankly... I don't have it and I don't want to and things. And then I opened my wallet because look, I don't have it. Damn it. There's actually quite a lot here. It's all my holiday money. So I was like, I'm going to give you 200. But because I need to keep this because I've got four children in the car and, you know, we need to survive and live. Here you go. You can have that. And then he was like, okay, fine. Well, if anyone stops you down the road, give them this torn off piece of paper saying, you know, I stopped you first. It's fine. Don't worry. Carry on. And I was absolutely furious I was like we've been in the country for like four hours and we've already been swindled like 500 pounds and I was like it's fine that policeman is the more money he made in the whole year he's going to be really happy he'll tell all of his friends how he managed to con and swindle these idiots from Europe I was just really annoyed but surely you were speaking Spanish dude I was yeah and he was, and I was like come on this is ridiculous he was like basically if you don't give me the money I'm going to take you to the police station <laughs> which they can do yeah that's the worry you're like they were totally in their th thing of just being able to take you out and take you off to the police station I was like, this is just infuriating. Now my cousin was like, why don't you just give him like 20 pounds? I was like, because I didn't know that's how much I was supposed to offer him and just be like, because I'd said, look, no, I think the original, the original, um, the fine was going to be a thousand pounds. I was like, look, how much would it cost to like, just let us go on our way? And he'd said 300. So then I, when I ended up giving him the 200, I was like, oh, our holiday money so anytime you go to mexico it's wonderful but you do have to give yourself so a just bit to of... clarify you're from a mexican family i am from a mexican family that's why i knew that you have to bribe them right uh that's why it was really annoying but that's also you know they're my countrymen he was probably just really he was probably really happy i bet he went home to his wife and go went guess what let's yeah. go out for a meal so i was like you know in terms of perspective he has probably a much worse life than i do so he can have the extra I money. I admire your charity. <laughs> the I like the fact you've it. also managed to say that you were really cross about it. I was really cross, but now I'm very zen. And he okay. probably really appreciated that. It's funny. Uh, we were having a conversation even yesterday about mm. this business. And this business has a propensity to reward niceness. Mm. Don't ask me why. There's yeah. something in karma. Yeah. Uh, whenever we're nice to a client, whenever we're generous, whenever mm. we let something ride actually our business bounces and we do yeah. really well off it. Yeah. Whenever I do something where it's like, do you know what? No, they can't ask for that. Mm. There's always like this slight sting in the tail. And I can't mm. tell whether it is actually the, you know, the the gods or mother nature or karma or whatever. But no, it's just general common courtesy and doing nice things for nice people and doing... And there's yeah, but the thing is you have just been ripped off. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's yeah. not you doing a nice thing. You've no. been stitched. Yeah. It's the attitude that says, do you know what? I'm going to let that go and I'm going to live with it and mm. take the best out of the situation. Yeah. But the, otherwise, what other reasons, what else can you do? No, that's true. Like, literally at that point, you're like, I can stew about it, I can be annoyed, I can be miserable, but actually, at the end of the day, he needs it more than I do. I'm on holiday in Mexico with my family, which is where, you know, his hometown where he lives, and it's not going to help me. I don't think it's... But in the end, you've rationalised it by saying he needs it more than you do, but it's mm. not that. It's how you internalise it. Yeah. 
it's it's the fact that it's out of your control mm. how do i then deal with that yeah do i take it forward with a degree of frustration and anger or do i take it forward with just it's do you now know a what? funny story it's, yeah that's <laughs> it's right now just a story. guess how much money we lost if you go to mexico we know that we now know when we next go you just have like 500 pounds spare bribery money right that's just your side bribery money okay. for when you're going to get a bit swindled here and there and then you end up going it's fine I've only, I've only, I have to be honest, I've only been to Mexico once. And you didn't get swindled? No, but I was on a, I was on a very large cruise ship. Oh, okay. And it was the first stop just south of the US. Mm. And so uh, it must have been one of those places where, I can't remember the name of it, it was a big port and it yeah. had a great big superstore where we all got off to go and buy yeah, the things we'd things, forgotten yeah. to take with us because yeah. it's the second <laughs> so you, you get on I think we got on at LA or somewhere I can't remember I can't remember the sequence of events so are you on the left or the right or maybe we got on a Charleston I can't remember I cannot remember but we I think I think we got on a so LA you're on the left of the country so maybe Puerto Vallarta it's got to be LA we must have gone on at LA right and we'd just gone down got into, and, and so it's the first stop mm. and the thing about the first stop on any long trip like that so it's like a three yeah. and a half week trip is it's the first stop you realise Oh, I don't have any socks to go with my trainers. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. packed my posh yeah. stuff. I don't have any little socks to go inside yeah. my, my trainers and it's really hot. Yeah. And I don't want sweaty feet. Yeah. Let's go to the shop. And you can't get your shit you want. That's right. Let's go yeah. to the shop and buy all the shit that I forgot to take out there yeah. with me or couldn't, didn't have space for. Yeah. You know, little notebooks. How long How long into the journey would you then have that stop? Is that like a three-day oh, wait it's, or is it literally like... Oh, it's like, the, it's like the first day. It's 24 hours down or oh, something, right, okay. you know, and you've had time to unpack. Right, okay, and realise all yeah. the stuff you've forgotten. <laughs> I cast your eyes around the room going, oh, bloody hell, I forgot. You know, <laughs> Everything, I'm not going to survive. My iPhone is flat because I forgot an iPhone cable yeah. and I'm not paying 80 quid, whatever they yeah. charge on the cruise. To get the... When yeah, I'm working, yeah, so it's kind of... It's that stop. Yeah. And it was, that's the only time I've ever been to Mexico. Oh, I would suggest going back, but okay, have a bit of with, bribery money. With 500 quid just an extra 500 pounds. It's fine. All right, I'll do that. And I'll also just cross off the opportunity to be sponsored by the Mexican. <laughs> just writing that down. The Mexican Tourist Authority. Make a <laughs> no, note. no, no. They're really Don't good. Bother. The next time I went, I went on an Uber and we were telling the Uber about all of this and he was lovely and he was basically, look, there's a number that you call. I think it's Locatel. I think it's called and I don't know the number now. But effectively, if you threaten to ring Locatel, it, that's the tourism board. If you right. say, I'm going to ring the tourism board on you, then they can actually have some power to tell the policemen to know, no, 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 they're tourists. Please don't damage the tourism trade. That's the only thing we've got going for us right now. So you threaten them. So we didn't, I was like, great for next time. And then obviously lockdown happened. I haven't been back the in like four is, years. Uh, we're sitting here in the UK talking mm. about this. Most of our listeners are in the US listening oh, to this. So I don't yeah. know how this is going to translate. So yeah, you guys have, yeah. have like $500. Been, yeah, $500, <laughs> not £500. <laughs> Obviously, uh, and obviously we've just done a whole lot to not help with stereotyping. No, they're lovely. That's the nicest thing, though. They are, the, as a gen, as a culture, that's one of the reasons I want to keep going back. And Chris keeps getting like, why do you keep taking me back to the same place? I was like, A. Chris being your husband. Chris being my husband. Chris, like, A, we go to different places. The goal will be to travel to different parts. Yeah. So you're not always going back to the one same place. Yeah. But equally, my aunt has a nice summer house that I can borrow for free. So it's quite nice. But well, it's just cost you 500 people, quid. Yeah, 500 quid. <laughs> that's fine. But the people are the most incredible people. Yeah. Like, as a nation, anyone who ever travels, and all of my American the American listeners right now will be going, yeah, I, I understand that. As a people, you know, we are the friendliest, the kindest. We will help you, even if we don't even know, like, the directions. When, when do you switch between being British and Mexican? Because you just did the we are. We are. But you started am... with they are. <laughs> Because I was talking, I was talking about right, how nice okay, they are. Right, when they're right. nice, it's a we. When right. it's their bribery, it's them. It's them. Uh, that's the benefit of being half Mexican, where I can right. pick and choose. I can okay. be like, here's the nice ones, here's the slightly less. Good Were you ones. born here or born in Mexico? Born in Mexico. Oh, you are actually Mexican. I am actually Mexican. I yeah, yeah. Know that. Yeah, I was born. I was born 
three days before the massive t- um, 1985, now I'm giving away my age, um, earthquake. Like, yeah, you have just given away your yeah, age literally. pretty much to the day. Um, yeah, so literally just the one that killed like 15,000 people. Wow. It estimated to be a lot higher than that, but it was like 8.2 on the Richter scale and my parents lost friends and everything. I was literally like, and I had been born with like a really weird tumour. So I had to be taken to a different hospital. And then my mum was basically just watching this hospital where she had a tiny brand new little baby just swing from in the earthquake and then just going round and round and round. Wow. Um, whilst she didn't know whether I would survive or what would happen and stuff. And then she was having ring arounds and like friends had been lost and stuff. Because I was also breech. So then she had right. to have a section. So And then they took me out and went, what the hell is wrong with this baby? Because um, I was slightly malformed with the tumour in my stomach. Wow. Um, and then they literally knocked her unconscious. She woke up and I'd gone. And they basically like whipped me off to this new hospital to have the surgery the next day. So she basically didn't see me until I was like three or four days old. Wow. She was like, I had a baby somewhere. Like, I don't yeah. know where it is. It's over there in that big building. The one shaking. Are you the youngest? I'm the youngest. Yeah. So that was it. So that, she she went, no, I'm not, yeah. doing that again. <laughs> not doing that again. Oh my God. No. Yeah, no, I'm the youngest. But then, so then we came over when I was eight months old. Right. All intents and purposes. I'm British, really. You have the most... British accent. I have of, a very British accent. Of almost anyone I I've interviewed on here, I have to say. There are going to be people listening to this thing. Who is this actress? Who is this actress? I'm very, very British. No, it's um, well-spoken, my father would say. You are very well-spoken. Well well what I love actually being, I mean, I photographed you and your family. So obviously I met Chris, mm-hmm. your husband, who's yeah. a uh, martial arts fighter. Yeah. On, tell, me, tell me his official title now, other than so carpenter. No, he's, <laughs> apart from like car- learning carpentry. No, he is. He's a personal trainer. He is a martial arts instructor because I suppose those are two his two main jobs. Yeah. But now he is also the commentator for Battle Arena. Um, shout out to Battle Arena. Yay. I was going to say, well done. Yay. Points. James Price, if you're yeah, listening, yeah. I can say that I gave them a plug, um, which is actually a massively growing, um, uh, basically cage fighting. Right. Yeah. That's what it's called. And it's one of the biggest now. They've started going pro. So they started having pro fighters come in as well. They're doing incredibly well. They've got a show on Sky, which is um, sporty stuff, which is now Chris is doing like lots of the TV anchoring for yeah. that as well. Yeah. So he's learning to be a television I anchor. I always say Chris is a bit of an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> he's always weighed me down. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm joking. He's going to listen to that. It'd be really sad. Uh, it's fine. He wouldn't listen. Um, but no, he, will, he will listen because <laughs> he, he wants to know why he's not on it. <laughs> I know. He gets really sad. He's like, you didn't want me on it. I was like, but now he's, he's interesting. You could talk to him now. Well, to be honest, we were... I killed two birds with one stone because you asked for some photography. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, yeah, it's a, a good opportunity. To, I, I, we talked about this before. Yeah. I thought you'd be an interesting person to talk to anyway. Hmm. So as minute that Chris asks for some photography, then he can come oh, okay. and I will interview him on the podcast. But what kind of photography? I don't Headshots can. for like television anchors. Yeah, let's do can some... you tell him to buy a new suit? Is that something that you could feel like you could be like, I will photograph you, but buy a new suit. Well, you only have one. Let's just pause. Okay. Chris Fenson, <laughs> you need to buy a new suit. <laughs> genius there we go, there we go. There. There, yes i can i can tell him <laughs> tell him to listen to this podcast you'll learn a lot i will chris you're a good looking fella but at six foot four or whatever it is five, yeah. five six, six foot five, five you need a well-fitting a well beautifully fitting. cut yeah. suit he has one but then that's the only one he uses for like now all of his television anchoring and his commentating court appearances and his very well worn to the best of my knowledge he's never been in court but it's that well, only joke, once but that was my fault I didn't pay a fine. I didn't pay the TV, the license, the car tax thing. I forgot to move our address, um, oh. and it kept going sent to our house that was no longer there. Oh. And then his mum suddenly went, "You appear to have like a court summons," and it was under oh. Chris's name, so he had to go to court and go, "I'm sorry, my wife didn't pay it." <laughs> did he actually say that? Yes. What did the judge say? <laughs> he went, um, "Are you really blaming your wife for being in court here, Mister Fenson?" He went, 
no <laughs> i'm sorry i should have taken the responsibility to do that myself and check that she had done it but normally she does it so i kind of assume she would do it uh but no you're right it's my fault so then we got off let off with like a thousand pound fine a thousand pound fine that's a big old fine. number that was a big number the thing is chris does a hang dog look very well he does yeah he, he can, he can droop his head. And it, and <laughs> it, there's a cartoon character. I can't remember which one. It's, it's a dog. Mm. And he, he, there's a, is it the sheriff when he just does that kind of... Oh, yeah. He's it? got like the jowl. Yeah, it just looks... The side jowls. You're just saying that because he's got lots of floppy skin. He hasn't. It's just, <gasps> that, it's just it's that look in his eyes. The thing with Chris is he's one of those people where he looks at you really sad, like he needs a pat on the back. But in he, fact, he could kill you. He could kill you. Yeah. He does, that, he does that occasionally where I'm like, if anyone knew this out of context, they'd be really worried. Where he's like, don't you understand that other people get mad? They'll yell at you. If I get mad... You're all dead. <laughs> Thanks. Ooh. But I've, I mean, I've also watched him train the kids because uh, Jake mm. went to your went to his classes for a long time. Well, both of you yeah. run them, and it made me laugh that every teacher on the planet should watch someone like Chris because mm. he would walk into a room and without making any noise at all, really, yeah. the kids would go quiet. You can just go quiet. Yeah, yeah. quiet. That was because I was there, not because of him. Oh no, you're he's the fun one. You're scary. You're scary. <laughs> no, I grant you, you're scary. But Chris has that. There's something people he does. just flock to him. Yeah, there's yeah, a few yeah. people like that I've met in my time. Mm. And uh, he's definitely one. Mm. So he's any, but, amazing with kids, though. He's yeah. so, so... Like, if you just watch him... And the thing is, he's only gotten better, like, when, since yeah. we started, like, 12 years ago in the crisis. Anyway, this school. is not about Chris. This is not, let's not let's, Chris can good. come on here. And then you can talk about him. I'll but get now, a picture see, of his now you've suit. got interesting. You, yeah. the, inter- the listeners let's, will want to hear about Chris now. Well, maybe. Have we just done a promo for a podcast I haven't recorded yet? Yeah. So in a future episode, Chris Fenson, mixed martial artist, practitioner, trainer... Yeah. All round good guy, yeah. now TV anchor man. Yeah, so you can uh, yeah. And what was the name of the cage fighting? So battle arena. Battle arena. So battle uh, go and look up that because yeah. it's really really cool. It's easy. That's very. If good. you like watching two people hit each other, it's very skillful. It's a very it's, it skill is very skill. skillful. What skillful is staying alive? I think they're not trying to kill each other; just break their arms or uh, yeah, you know, nice. choke yeah. them unconscious. I remember watching a bit of footage of Chris. I think it was the one where he won the British Championship. Yeah, BJJ was it something like that? Yeah. And I remember thinking. That's the Chris I know. So instead of the normal mm. frenetic battering away at each other, yeah. he just locked his legs around the poor chap and yeah. gradually squeezed the air out of him over yeah. a period of about 20 seconds. Yeah, he's very and calm. Very calm, very, very quiet. And every time yeah. the poor guy moved, he just clamped a Made little tighter and eventually he had to give out the signals that says that's it. Just like, that's, it. that's it. That's the fun thing. When people come to the class... <laughs> When people come, like the adults, and you'll have like these bodybuilders coming in, being like, oh, "I'm the yeah. toughest guy in the gym. I can kill anybody," and then they're like, "Chris, can I roll with you?" And Chris is just literally within twenty seconds, he's got the guy wrapped up, unconscious, and the guy's like, "How did you do that?" And Chris, like, they're sweating like yeah. pigs, like worked out like they've never worked out before in their life. And Chris is like, not even breaking a sweat. Yeah. He's like, "This is hard." I listened to the commentator, and he said something like, "A paraphrase." Um, Chris will be really, will happy, will be really, will be really happy with this position right now. You can just see. He's in total control. Mm. Every time there's a movement, Chris is just clamping it down. Yeah. He'll be very... And he just kept saying the same thing, be very happy you with this You just wait. Right you'll just wait. Just yeah, wait. You'll yeah. get there. And then look, the thing is, if you don't know what you're looking at, it looks like he's losing. Yeah. Because he, like, he's on his back. Yeah. And the guy's on the top. You're like, no, but Chris is actually totally dominating that guy. Like, he's yeah. scrabbling. Yeah. Surviving. I, remember, I remember thinking, oh, okay. But yeah, it's not about you. Chris. This is about me. That's All right. Yes, yeah, go back to you. <laughs> so I first met you. So uh, tell me what you do right now, and then we can work work back conversation around it so i am a baby sleep consultant so right. effectively by which you consult for babies I consult not for you babies. are a very young i am consultant. not a very baby i'm not a baby <laughs> myself um i help new parents or old parents or you know parents in general um get their babies to sleep basically right. it's a very unfortunately it's a very under misunderstood market it's um a market that's 
you kind of get quite a lot of bad advice from right. other health professionals and stuff, which lead to inevitable poor sleep. And then it's that has become in itself so common that now it's considered common to have a baby that has really bad sleep. And people right. will respond to my baby hasn't slept in days or my baby is only sleep, waking up every two hours at night. And people just go, yeah, you've got a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, what hashtag mom life? And you're like, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> the poor mom's there struggling, you know, with the postnatal depression and anxiety. And everyone's yeah. just telling her it's normal, suck it up. And you're like, yeah. no, 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 that is not the case. If anyone is listening, that is not the case. You can get babies to sleep. And I'm not saying sleep through. It's not the magical get them to sleep through. It's the getting them to self-settle and put themselves back to sleep. That's right. the biggest misunderstanding about baby sleep in general, where they're like, oh, I wake up at nighttime. I'm like, yes. And then you put yourself back to sleep. You right. don't need your husband to pat your bum until you fall back asleep. Right. You can do it alone. The babies, if you are feeding them to sleep or rocking them to sleep or bouncing them to sleep or carrying them to sleep or pram them to sleep or having any type of external putting them to sleep, then when they finish their two, hour, their two hourly cycle at nighttime, they will wake up, not for a feed, not for a rocking or for a cuddle because they miss you. They are literally waking up to be put back to sleep. Right. But then because they're spending time awake, but they shouldn't be spending awake. They're getting surges of adrenaline, and then they're getting overtired. And at the end of the night, they're going, oh my God, this is the worst night I've ever had. And then they sleep really badly in the daytime because they're really tired. And then they sleep really badly at the nighttime because they're really tired. And it just, it becomes a vicious cycle that's very hard to get out of. And parents will struggle horribly until they seek help, which is me. And uh, you, I mean, you've been very successful at it, which doesn't surprise me <laughs> in the slightest. I mean, all those years in that recording studio, will I ever be famous? I yeah. suspect the answer is yes. <laughs> But it might not you know, be. Not in the way that I but thought. But not for the way that you no, were possibly hoping for. Yeah, you might. You might not ever be that pop goddess that you were hoping. Yeah, no, yeah, no probably not that one. Um, I was recognised in Legoland once. We. Yeah, that was really funny. That was the weirdest thing ever. There was a mum and she was just like, "Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Are you Julia Benson?" And I was like, "I am." She was like, oh, "I follow you on Instagram." And I was like, "Oh my god, I have like a thousand followers. It's not particularly, you know, yeah. thousands and thousands. But it's a thousand really good followers. They like are the people that really they, want they, to know they, what they you want have to know. Say. They're they're really friendly. It's not um they, they're all really supportive as well. This is really really nice. They all like to listen. They all like to kind of learn. They all will be like, "Oh, this is really interesting." And yeah. that's so there is, is a good amount of followers. Um, which is really, really nice. But yeah, she'd kind of seen me on Instagram and then suddenly saw me in Legoland and was like, oh, yeah. she was like, your tips have really helped with my baby. And I was like, that's like the best thing that I could hear. It's the best Thank thing you could hear, but you make no money from that. No, but I've done, so I've done like a few occasionally like free postnatal sessions and stuff right. at the local like Red Kite community center for children. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then from that one, I was like, my husband was like, why are you doing it for free? And I was like, that's well, nice. You know, just explaining to mum. Yeah. So I did like an hour explaining to like 12 mums out of those 12 mums, I ended up having about three or four of them come back and go, actually, we want a little bit more of a tailored approach. Can we have sessions? And then from then, I had loads of people coming and going, actually, my friend went to your session, said you were life changing. Can I please have a session with you? So actually, from that one free thing, I got actually quite a lot of money and stuff, way more than if I had charged X amount of money and three people had turned no, up. You are absolutely right. Mm. Um, but it's back to that whole thing. You know, If you're nice, yeah. the, the business karma pays yeah. you back. It does. I think so. It does. And like, the thing is, it's, it's one of those... Um, like, for instance, I'll have occasionally people where they're like randomly text me. So I'm like, OK, this is like emails or something. And then they'll text and then they'll ring you. And I'm like, no, no, no. And it kind of is like slightly jarring where you're like, no, you haven't like, paid for this. Like I do particular yeah. premium packages very specifically based on my trying to keep my life work balance and not be having phone calls all the time so that when I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids. Yeah. Um, and stuff. So when they ring, you're a bit like, uh, you know, and then they're like, I just had a quick question or something. And it kind of yeah. kind of it's slightly irritating. And you'll have the ones who email and then they're like. I'm doing this, I'm doing the other, and they're really nice. And you're like, actually, no, I want to help you more. Oh, and then they'll, and then at the end of the say two weeks or the month, if then they randomly send me an email going, oh, we've just experienced this. What do I do? I was like, yeah, I'll email you back. 
that's fine. Like, I will quickly give you a bit of update. Like, if they want a little bit more permanent help, I do another month of email or something. Yeah. There's a little refresher. But for the most part, I feel like most people will be really nice. You'll have the ones who kind of take the mickey a little bit. Oh, no. Recently. No, I can't say that. <laughs> I saw that story. I was just going, ah! uh, yeah, and then she's no. not going to listen to this. But basically, I had a client who had a consultation, and then she didn't respond to me for ages. When I was like, "Do we want any follow up support?" And then she suddenly sent me a message going, "We've started." And then I was like, "Okay, well, if you want the support," um, and I answered a couple of her questions. I was like, yeah. "But if you want the support, this is how much it costs." If you remember, we talked about this during the call. Blah, blah. And then, um, like, she didn't respond. And then, like, a couple of days later. She was then like, but I'm not. So she kind of sent me a really whingy email kind of being like, I don't feel like I'm being very supported. You're not supporting me like you promised you would. I was like, you haven't paid for any support and you've actually just ignored my my emails and my invoice. And yeah. and then she's now also not paid and she's kind of just totally ignored me. I was like, you're annoyed about the fact that you're not getting the thing you didn't pay for. Like, yeah. so it's stuff like that where you're like, oh, it's very annoying. And it's always, and I, I'm not so bad now, but I used to really take it to heart. When I was still very like early on, you'd have one person and you know, it's business. You're always going to have someone yeah. who's oh, not yeah. happy, who did, who could have done more. You could yeah. have done this, the other. So now I don't take it as much to heart. Now I'm a little bit more like I've got so many clients under my belt who are happy, who are thriving. Yeah. That I'm like, you know, the few that kind of just go. Oh. You'll always get them, and you're always going to get them. It's and like the, and the thing is, as we in, in the photography industry, there's always people more expensive, and there's always people cheaper mm -hmm. than you. Yeah. Which means you're always going to have people surprised how little you cost, but you're yeah. also always going to have people surprised at how much you cost. Yeah. And they're there. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. it's just a business. Mm -hmm. You set out your store. Yeah. You set out your pricing. You mm -hmm. work out your work-life balance. Yeah. You completely screw that up. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, because <laughs> that's just a small business, right? Yeah. You start out thinking, well, this is, you do all your numbers Yeah, I'm going to do hours, this. This is what I need. This is what I'm going to do. And then you realised you underestimated both the hours mm -hmm. and, and the profit yeah. on every level. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you work seven days a week mm -hmm. and you drive yourself into the ground having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> See, you know, you know, that's amazing. <laughs> Well, actually, one one of the things I actually wanted to ask you, because I thought in terms of like running your own business and starting your own business, because mine, I kind of like fell into it. But you made an active change from a very well paying, you know, city job mm -hmm. to suddenly going, actually, screw that. I'm going to follow my passion. And uh, A, that must have taken absolute balls. But what made, what made you jump to that? Uh, I think this is one of those where I suspect me and you will tell a very similar story mm. and frame it slightly differently. So I don't think that I made an active decision. Mm. Um, I think like you, I fell into it. Yeah. So just like you, I mean, you were a midwife, right? Yeah. You worked for yeah, the yeah. NHS, you were a midwife, a very mm -hmm. good one. Mm -hmm. And whatever the circumstances were, you ended up helping people with sleep because mm -hmm. that was a bit that fascinated you. I, th yeah. I think I'm telling the story about yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I've, I've worked alongside <laughs> you a long time. Yeah. Uh, for us, I was taking pictures while I was working in the city and right. someone saw those pictures and asked Sarah, who was the photographer? Could they do the same gig for them? Oh. So in a very similar way, I was building a portfolio, yeah. admittedly outside of what I was being paid for as a day job, yeah. whereas yours was, I guess, much more aligned. Yeah. And then somebody said, could you do that for me? But where did they see your photos? On the wall in our house. Oh, really? Literally yeah. just like it's someone a, just came to your house? It's a postnatal group. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to use the word mums, which sounds very gender specific, but we yeah. are going back 23 years. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I think it's a little bit more fluid mm -hmm. now, uh, or a little bit more balanced, let's yeah. put it that way. Back then it was a group of mums yeah. who would get together for coffee mm -hmm. with their kids. Uh, one of the mums happened to be the owner of a marketing company and saw the pictures on our wall of our kids. It's that sort oh. of story. Um, Amazing. And then she went, that's it. That's she, Well, I've she said it. to Sarah, who's the yeah. photographer? I'd like to book him or her. I suppose yeah. she must have said him or her. Yeah. 
Uh, and Sarah just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't understand. That's just my husband. Just he does, messing around he's with not a photographer. He, just, <laughs> he's just, he does this really he annoying an thing. IT. <laughs> yeah, he's an IT geek. And he occasionally picks up his camera and takes a picture or two and prints yeah. them because he's, he's fascinated yeah. by it. And I got a phone call saying, you'll never guess. They want to book you. Wow. And, uh, they wanted to see the portfolio. Yeah. Which I didn't have. Yeah. So you had to quickly go, wait, where are my photos? No, what I did was much more, I was much more pragmatic than that. I said, of course I'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help me build my portfolio and set out my pricing? Oh, genius. Because <laughs> you're a marketing company yeah. and I know nothing about this. Yeah, I and if wasn't... you think I'm good enough, help that's me. That's right, that's exactly yeah. it. Um, never did the gig. Oh. The client, their client, never commissioned them to do the gig. Right, okay. To do the, the marketing for this particular mm-hmm. thing. But in the meantime, they held me on their books. Yeah. So waiting for this client, really. Mm-hmm. So to keep me entertained, they threw some work my way and off it went. Wow. So it the way we tell a story... Because obviously, you know, the Mastering Portrait Photography podcast is very much about the business mm-hmm. of this as well. Yeah. We tell it like it's a very organized, strategic thing. And yeah. a lot of it is. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you get to the point now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you now. Don't, this wasn't an accident. Yeah. We thought about it like yeah. a business. But it, the trigger point was an mm-hmm. accident. Yeah. I fell into it just mm-hmm. like you did. Yeah. Amazing. At what point did you, how far down the line of the photography did you then go, I'm going to have to give up a day job? Uh, Okay, <laughs> back to an interview about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm a narcissist. It's, it's lovely. As we were discussing yeah, that. Yeah, it's my name on the door. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for being a guest interviewer. It's all right. On my podcast. Thought I'd help. They want to listen to you. They're not, they're not that interested about <laughs> I me. I don't know Baby about sleep, that. that's boring. No, baby sleep's great. And we're going to come back <laughs> okay, to it. Okay, we'll come back to it. Amongst other things. Uh, coincidences and lots of things aligning so at the same time i was getting really fed up with the role that i was in at the consultancy mm-hmm. i worked for so i was about to be made what was then called partner or senior executive mm-hmm. um that was my next cue yeah and that was all happening mm-hmm. i looked at what that role looked like and it was a lot of whining dining and entertaining i don't play yeah. golf and yeah. i wasn't particularly fascinated by i liked project management yeah. i liked delivering mm. systems it was it, i really enjoyed it but I was now being rolled into a more salesy role, yeah. not my bag. Yeah. And at the same time, an old client rang me up and said, did I know anyone with exactly my skills who they could recruit into the Financial Times oh. to do some work? And when yeah. I said to them, uh, do you mean me or do you mean, can I find you someone? Mm. He said, well, I'm in London tomorrow, yeah. flying over from New Jersey. Do you fancy having dinner? And we'll talk about it. Mm. And that was the beginning of an exit. Yeah. And at exactly the same time, the photography had started to tick over. Uh, right, okay, yeah. And so what I did was plan out with them how mm-hmm. I could support them four days a week, mm. which gave me three days a week to yeah. start a photography business. And so gradually we Literally ramped Literally, just one. gradually, just slowly. Yeah, but I was really well paid in that role. Yeah. So I could afford to take the hours back. Yeah. I could afford to invest in the business. Mm-hmm. So I could start this business yeah. in a very measured, yeah. sensible bit by bit way because mm-hmm. what my my uncle right? my uncle was a rock climber i tell yeah. the story a lot makes me laugh and then one day he actually came back to the campsite we were staying on uh he was pretty badly scraped and mm. bad and uh a, a crampon or something had gone or a right, clamp yeah. or a clip or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know a lot of the terminology and he'd come down a cliff face Oof. luckily the ropes had stopped him but it swung, yeah. swung him against it and i got chatting to him about this and i was only young and he said remember this he said whatever you do when you're climbing yeah. Only move one anchor point at a time. At a time. Oh, yeah. 
And that's true. And it's true of business. Yeah. Don't move everything all at once yeah, unless yeah. you're happy to come off that cliff face with no safety. Yeah. And he was right. So when you actually watch rock climbers, they never do anything. No, it's simul- step by step. It's always There's one, one anchor and point one. at a time. Oh, and that is very deep. That is proper. I don't think it's deep. profound. But it's I think it's st- very profound. It's that's like life. <laughs> don't like life. Don't just suddenly have 10 children. Have one and see how it goes. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a quantity discount on kids. I they're going to give you grief, whatever. Uh, but that's how we built the business was step by yeah. step by step. But I never cut off my income from the city. Until, until you I could see the next 12 months revenue ahead yeah. of us on the photography. And although yeah. there's a risk, yeah. yeah, particularly if you look back at the last 18 months, Oof, yeah. all of us are small businesses. Yeah. So it went, oh my God, this wasn't mine was the... great. I'm going to say it was, mine was awesome. Uh, mine was not affected by lockdown. Mine was the opposite. I kept getting ranked by the HMRC who were like, let's help. The government <laughs> wants to help you. I'm like, I don't need any help. It's actually gotten a lot busier. Everyone was at home, yeah, of course. stuck with the babies and the husbands who are normally like, yes, yes, wife, wife, shush, shush, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know, they're on maternity leave and they're like, my baby doesn't sleep and their husbands are suddenly home going, oh my God, your baby doesn't sleep. Yeah, yeah. Our can baby we, doesn't who sleep. Who can we talk to? How can we fix it? I bet when it doesn't sleep, it's your baby. And then it's your baby. <laughs> your, your baby's awake. Your, your, your baby's, baby's awake. annoying. Your when baby's it's asleep, I me love up. our child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> our cuddles, your baby's screaming. Yeah, that's but yeah, right. And then, but I, the increase I had in dads calling, going, okay, my wife is losing her mind. And I was yep. like, where were you a year ago? Come on. <laughs> oh, come tell, on. <laughs> tell me you said that to a few. No, no I haven't. We have no, now. No. I have now. Yeah, they're going to listen now. And all the dads. No, they. but it's been, what is lovely is what you were saying about the mums groups and they're being a bit more like balanced now. I've noticed it so much more. And even in just in the inquiries yeah. of actually the dads taking charge and going, you know what? I'm not going to wait for my wife to have a mental breakdown. I'm going to step in now and we're going to hire someone to help. Yeah. And like that is such a nice thing where it's actually it's like you can see it. They're teams. Yeah, it's a team cover as opposed to the baby's your job. Enjoy, sort yourself out, love. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm at work. Occasionally, you see hearing it when, you say that with such a posh accent sounds really weird. <laughs> I'll sort yourselves sort out. Sort yourself oh, love, out, love. So, but like you know what I mean. Before they were very much. It was a lot. I would notice it quite a lot where it was just like, oh, well, my husband's sleeping in the spare room. Like this still happens a lot. Yeah. My husband's sleeping in the spare room so he can go to work, and you yeah, know, yeah. I'm awake. I'm like. Yes, a. But the thing is, I have so many issues with this, mostly because a. You are a partnership, yeah. And actually, raising a child, I would say, is arguably a lot more important than going to your very fancy big city job. You are literally creating a life and growing a life and developing a life. Like, as much as you are good at your finances or whatever it is, yeah. that should be the end goal of getting a good yeah. little human. Um, and also to not have a mental breakdown, I always think is quite a good goal in terms of parenting like there are days that everyone's going to have one yeah. and you need to support each other but as so just by the fact that you're like saying it's okay you go and stay in the next room you're effectively saying you're more important than I am and you're more important that you get sleep than me and the baby when actually the most important person in that little relationship those three people is that baby it's not the parents it's right. that baby yeah. and you'll have so many people who talk about like co-sleeping and stuff and like we could talk about co-sleeping for hours and I'm sure I'm going to get lots of hate mail and I'm probably <laughs> you're going to get that. Um, the thing is, if it's sustainable, so I'm going to preface it with, if you are happy and co-sleeping and you are, it is sustainable for you as a family, that's fine. I don't have a problem with anyone co-sleeping if they're happy and they're doing it as safe as they possibly can. After the age of four months old, the risks of SIDS are absolutely practically zero. So do whatever you like, whatever works for your family. However, if you are unhappy and you are uncomfortable and you're not sleeping well, you think you're tired your baby is sleeping even less. You'll have those videos and I'm yeah, sure yeah. everyone has seen them on Facebook going hashtag mum life. And it's a video in a night time lapse yeah, yeah. of the mum sleeping, trying to sleep, I'm doing air quotes. 
And the baby's just bouncing around the whole yeah, bit, yeah, just yeah. spinning from side to side. And everyone's going, that poor mum, look at that. Oh, yeah, oh, that's my... And then everyone commenting, going, oh, that's my life. That's me and little baby Johnny. Oh, that's me. Ha, ha, ha. And you're like, that Wait. baby, forget the mum. That baby has not slept 20 minutes that entire night. Yeah. They have not slept. I was like, I don't care about you. You're a fully grown adult. Yes, self de like sleep deprivation, it causes you to be more irritable, less patient, more likely to get fat, more likely to have cancer, more likely to have heart disease. Like well, the <laughs> sleep deprivation is incredibly serious as a general issue. But for that baby who is tiny and trying to develop and trying to grow their brain, sleep is when babies physically grow. It's when they get fat. It's when they form memories. It's when they consolidate skills. It's when they process new information. It's when they repair tissues. Literally every single tiny piece of development that happens in their bodies happens whilst they're sleeping. Like none of it happens whilst they're awake. So just having that in your mind is always to be like, actually, this isn't about me. This is about you. It's not even about me and my husband and us getting the sleep that we need so we can be the best parents we can be. Yes, obviously, that's ideal. The most important person is the baby. That's your end goal. That end goal is to get that baby sleeping so that they can sleep well. And it's not sleeping through when people are like, well, I still wake up. It's like, yeah, you do. But you can put yourself back to sleep. That's yeah. the skill that baby needs. And getting, you know, a little bit of adjustment here, a little bit of adjustment there for the timings, the nap times and everything. That's the goal. The, the baby, basically. That's the most important person. But they don't pay my bills, you know. <laughs> That's half the problem. <laughs> it's not the babies. The babies yeah. would love me. If the baby mm. could get the wallet out, yeah, brilliant. exactly. It would be great. Actually, do you know what? I had um, literally on my Instagram. I put it on a couple of days ago. I had a couple who um, did sleep training with me, and literally from one night, they sent me a sleep log of the baby for like the last week. So they had like three or four days before sleep training. You could see the nighttime yeah. sleep being totally I, I broken up. Post. You saw it. Yeah. And then the next day, literally from sleep training, solid sleep. For a four month old baby, solid sleep. And they were like, I've never had normally the, like the effusive parents saying thank you is all via email. Yeah. But because we'd had a chat on the phone, they were it was so gratifying. They were lovely, absolutely lovely couple as well. But they were just like, this is absolutely life changing. Mm. They were like, we've gone from having the baby who we are terrified of bedtimes. We are terrified of nap times. We dread every single day. And now suddenly, literally, we can just put her down and we leave the room and she falls asleep by herself. And then when she cries, now we know that there's something wrong. We go to her. We can pick her up. We can sort her out. We can fix whatever. And they were like, she's happy throughout the entire day. The minute she grizzles, oh, she's tired. We know what she wants. As opposed to a baby who's just miserable all the time and grizzles all the time and is a bit, you know, because they're chronically overtired. Yeah. And like parents think, um, like one of the fun things I always think is when they're like, oh, but they woke up when they start sleep training or something. They're like, oh, they woke up and they were, and they were sad or they were crying when they woke up and they were a bit miserable and they're a bit clingy. I'm like, yeah, so am I when I wake up. Like, aren't you when you wake up? That actually means they've had a good sleep. It's called sleep inertia, where you're still half asleep for like the first 30 minutes. That's why you should never drive a car within 30 minutes of waking up. If you didn't know that, you know that now. But I didn't you didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you know. Myself, 30 minutes. Hour, yeah. Nick yourself. So you can actually physically wake up. It's the same for babies. You want them to wake up a little bit cuddly and a little bit clingy. It's when babies wake up and they're like, ping, I'm awake. And they're just on the go straight away. That baby is full of adrenaline. Right. That is a hyperactive, overtired baby that actually is very tired and hasn't slept very well and needs more sleep. Oh, I could talk about this for hours. Boy. I'm gonna well, I was a little concerned that, I, that I, had, I had to put together a podcast plan and I needn't have worried. No, sorry. No, I can... I don't um, know, this started with how have you done during lockdown, I think. Oh, yes, because of, yeah, because of all the parents suddenly realising the babies aren't sleeping and then just going, we need to fix this. We're well, working from home now. Yeah. This baby screaming in the background isn't helpful. No, no, it's definitely not helpful. <laughs> I mean, we had two very different children. Harriet, Harriet slept through. I mean, we never, mm. nothing with Harriet. I mean, yeah. she, she went down, sleep, yeah. woke up. And literally, oh, the, yeah. one of her first 
sentences was I'm awake. <laughs> literally. She's, I think she's very similar to you in that yeah. regard. She would literally sit up, I'm awake. I'm awake. And that I'm was it. And me and Sarah would be like, we're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> we're pret- asleep. Don't tell pretend. her. Uh, and the thing is, I'm a sleeper. Yeah. And so one day when Sarah was away, I was looking after the kids and I can't remember if it was Jake or Harriet, but I woke up mm. to the sensation of my arm being pulled. And that's because my toddler had got out of bed, <laughs> wide awake, had walked through, couldn't wake me and was now pulling me desperately to get me out of bed. Like, oh. <laughs> Bad parenting 101. Yeah, but Jake, on the other hand, was a much lighter sleeper. Yeah. And we always had trouble with feeding Jake. He was yeah. all, he always chucked it back up oh you're saying severe reflux i think yeah. so well we never got to the bottom of it yeah once he was on solids he was fine mm. but milk whatever yeah. was in milk, there was the thing something. is this gets very thin milk is actually technically very thin yeah. was he bottle fed yeah yeah the thing is the bottle the formula can be really really thin you can now if you get it kind of um prescribed you can get thickness right so it basically makes it like porridge right <laughs> so it's a little bit thicker yeah. so it doesn't come back as much basically reflux is a valve that's not really closing right which is why with solids a they're bigger and their valves have kind of matured and they've kind of, you know, fused together a little bit better. Yeah. But also solids is obviously a lot thicker. It's harder to come right, back up. Okay. So typically a baby will always improve with reflux by, by the time they've got solids. Or you can get milk thickener to help with that regurgitation right. of coming back up. That's a useful tip, but a bit late for our 20 A little hours. bit late. Sorry. Yes, I apologize. <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> it's Freshers' Week up at university. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe some thickener would, some, it would help. Be, it might You're be quite helpful. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it had the net effect that he was always hungry, never slept mm-hmm. very well. Yeah, uh, and our house was like a laundry. Yeah, literally the a moment. conveyor belt. Wait, with... <laughs> tell them the story you told me about the the visit to your work. Oh, when I was yeah with Harriet. Yeah, when I worked in the city, my first client with Harriet. So Harriet, when I signed my contract with Accenture, literally the week after I signed all the contracts mm. and agreed the terms, we found out we were pregnant. <laughs> I did do a little bit of a. Ooh, what do I do now? Because it better than not having a job and finding out you're pregnant. Well, that's yes, true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> two weeks, two weeks but this before, is a career that we always we always knew it was a full on. Yeah. It was nicknamed the Borg back then. Ooh. I mean, you know, they used to assimilate you into this yeah. thing. And it turns out I loved it. I, mm. I mean, it was like the best job in the world for me. Yeah. Probably only second to photography, uh, photography. and podcasting. Um, and obviously, yeah, yeah, podcasting. Yeah. I have a burgeoning career on this side <laughs> of the microphone. Yeah. Um, I'd spent all day at work uh, at the Stock Exchange with my mm. first client. I worked in financial markets for the first 18 months, two years. And at the end of it, my client at five o'clock, just as I was packing up to go home, asked me if I knew that I had <laughs> what appeared to be vomit all down the back of my suit. Did he know you had a baby, at least? I've no idea. <laughs> I've no idea what he thought. I mean, it was like, was your uh, wife really ill this morning yeah. when she hugged you? Or was, I, was I comforting another one of the team or something? And they chucked up chucked down my back. Yeah. What I was curious about is all day, everyone must have been looking at the same vomit that he'd obviously noticed and, and, and deemed it inappropriate to mention it, as if it was yeah. my own vomit. As if it was, you're like, yeah, you're yeah. just like exorcist. You kind no. of just turned your head. No, we had and we had many moments like that with Harry. When when Harry vomited, it was a proper full on. She vomit. just coated you. Yeah, yeah you everyone. you look like a glazing. <laughs> you like like you know you glaze cakes. That's yeah. how you felt. Like it reached yeah. and it seemed to reach corners everyone. of you that you didn't look like nooks and crannies. You didn't know you had. Yeah, the the seam. You know the the, the, the the yeah fingernails, but the the seams on my shoes. You know where the sewing oh, yeah. is where it shows the oh, yeah, sole Takes yeah, a long yeah. time to get vomit out of there. Yeah. It turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that one. The worst one I always found is um occasionally. Where obviously you change a baby's nappy and you wash your hands afterwards. Yeah. Um, occasionally you're like, yes, this is fine. There's been times where I've been driving the car, being like, 
Has he pooed again? What is that smell? It is like every time I'm like going to touch my face, I'm like, I smell it again. It took me ages to realize I had a tiny little bit of poop stuck on one of my fingernails. <laughs> I was like, ah! oh my God. It's yeah. just like, I need to stop the car right now. Yeah, just go and like, just hose yourself down. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. No. I mean, the worst thing I remember about nappy changing with, with Harriet was that we were, relatively speaking, not young parents. My mum mm. had me when she was 20. She got pregnant at 19, mm. had me at 20. Mm. And these are, in, you know, going back. Yeah, that's yeah, all, that's so, my mum so, was like 21, yeah. I think. That's right. And I had, uh, we had her when I was 30, but mm. we were living a very young lifestyle at yeah. that stage. Uh, obviously, I don't just... average now. Yeah. And, yeah. and in fact, you know, I think it's getting older and older and older all the time, mm. as, particularly as we're getting uh, the balance between careers and health yep. and financial security and all yeah, these things. More. Um, but we felt we were very young mm. and a measure of that was how many times we'd go out partying, yeah. which we still were doing. Yeah. Uh, famously one night uh, when Harriet was just, I think she's only about six weeks old, maybe a little older. It was the autumn of the mm-hmm. year she was born. So what's that? Two months. Yeah. And I bumped into Sarah at this mm. house party we were at and mm. I've got a glass of wine and Sarah's got a glass of wine and it's lovely to, you know, my wife. Yeah. It's always, hey, how are you yeah. doing? Have you met you didn't, so-and-so? You didn't know that she was and, at the same party as No, you? we knew, but right, okay. the bit that it took us a second just to clock was that neither of us had our baby. <gasps> yeah. I was thinking about to go, you should tell people you had a babysitter when you were saying going out partying when yeah, she was No, we didn't have old. a babysitter. Oh. <laughs> the baby had come with us to the party, but oh, we okay. now, one of us... Almost certainly me yeah. had handed her over to someone and got sidetracked by another conversation. Oh no, that happens all the time. And we walked away around this party, and eventually we found two little old ladies <laughs> sitting on a on a sofa, yeah, cooing over very our happy child. With the baby. Very and you're happy. like, oh, that one's mine. Yeah, oh, that ha- is mine. Yeah. And Harriet is still the same. She's still very comfortable in pretty in much anyway. anybody's company. You yeah. can put her anywhere, and she'll yeah. hold her own. Yeah. But it was one of those slight moments. But anyway, uh, the worst thing is the debate. Yeah. The two of you, you hear the baby, you know the it's a that cry is a nappy change. Yeah but you're hungover. Ah. That debate. Oh, yeah. Your turn, my turn. I'll make the tea. Is that a fair deal? No, that's no, not a fair deal. That's not a fair deal. And no. you have to change a nappy while trying really hard. To not vomit in yeah. the nappy. <laughs> <laughs> or all over the baby. Your turn, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it for years on me. Your turn now. Yeah. You no, can I have do it. remember that sensation of... Oh, oh no. No, I, I think I would probably always do, go for it, that one. I do the nappy. Do I have. I've just got a lot of stronger stomach. You know, years of nursing, years of midwifery. Yeah, there's like suppose, there's um yeah. the other day someone like um we knew had dislocated his elbow or something, and everyone's like panicking, and then they were like, "I'm so sorry," and he kept he was very traumatized. He kept like farting, and I was, and he was like, "I'm so sorry," and I was like, "It's fine, it's okay," and he was so embarrassed about the fact that he just kept lifting wind, and I was like, I literally put my hands inside of people. Like this is yeah. fine. This isn't an issue for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like you have a very weird job. I was like, I did. I don't do that now. Well, no, as a general rule, yeah, like you know, my hands keep it myself. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just walk up to someone and I'll be like, "How dilated are you?" Yeah. Let me check. <laughs> no, that's frowned upon in the UK, guys. I don't know if you're American listeners. Maybe you're different, but in the UK, that's frowned upon. Yes, no, I don't yeah. know. I don't know where to take the conversation <laughs> after that. Uh, no. How did you go about taking your love of helping people and their babies and turning that into a living? Oh, that was genuinely an accident. That wasn't remotely on my plan at all. So basically I did, I went for, to go a long way back. I studied Hispanic studies and business for a year right. in London because that's what my sisters had done. And I'd yeah. gone, yeah, of course, I've got to do the same as they do. Why not? Um, then I failed my business. I went, oh, don't really care. And then I went, oh, it's quite a lot of money to spend on failing a mm. study. I'm not even bothered about failing, like clearly not enjoying it very much. So I left and I was like, okay, 
let's search for some life meaning when I was like 20 going, what am I going to do with my life? And then my mum mentioned, why don't you do midwifery? And I thought, oh, would I be allowed? Up until then, I'd always kind of thought very much like Mexican view, like 1950s, that midwives were dogs bodies, basically, or right. like nurses wasn't yeah. very impressive. And then so she kind of get me and I was like, it's not academic. Like in that respect, I was yeah. like, you know, my brother's are very academic. My siblings are very academic. And I was like, oh, this is more like a vocational thing. So I started ringing around and they were like, oh, no, there's no jobs as a maternity care assistant. What you should do is get a job as a healthcare assistant. So I got a job as a healthcare assistant, which is basically, you know, a support worker yeah. um, to the nurses on the ward. I worked on a chest ward. And then from there, I learned that actually if I did nursing first and then I did midwifery, A, I would get paid to do my transfer to midwifery. Yeah. But also I would could then go to the States or I could go traveling or I could do, you know, any type of volunteer work and stuff because I would have both degrees. So I was like, OK, I'm going to do that. So I did my nursing. Then I worked for a year as an adult nurse, but in the neonatal intensive care unit, um, special care baby unit for a year, which was incredible. And I learned so, so much. Did come out really weird when I started working with like proper term babies. I was like, what's wrong with this baby? <laughs> I was like, well, like if the blood sugar is like, all right, let's get them a drip. Let's, they're like, no, no, no. We just tested it again in like two hours. I was like, oh. Okay, I'm just dealing with I'm not, like actually healthy kind of a little bit ill babies, not desperately ill babies. Yeah. Um, but I got to learn, you know, so much about like burping and what handling. Do you mean by a term tiny. baby? So babies who come at term, so 40 weeks right. pregnant, okay. whilst the babies I was looking after were 28 weeks and above. Right. So dinky, tiny, 900 kilo, 900 gram babies. Right. Um, and you'd get all the variations. You'd get. I remember once finding very funny that we'd had a 28 weeker on the ward who was literally like 920 grams. I don't know what that is in ounces. I'm terribly sorry. Um, and then we'd had a baby who was born at the same day, but term and was like, had his mother had gestational diabetes. So weighed about 5.5 kilos. Wow. And I was like, technically you guys are the same age. So I like, yeah. literally look at the two of them being like, you're the same age, but one of you is absolutely enormous. And one of you is absolutely minute. Yeah. And it was always a very fun, funny kind of um, comparison. So then did that. Then I did my transfer to midwifery and it was amazing. Then I qualified and I was like, oh, it's been seven years of this. Now what do I do? Like I qualified, I reached the goal. That was my last seven year goal. So I decided to have to start having babies. I was like, go on, Chris, let's have babies. Um, <laughs> oh, you so, old romantic <laughs> you. <laughs> Actually, he complains that I tricked him into it. He states that I tricked him into it because I had said, look, I only have one ovary. That was my tumor. My tumor took out one of my ovaries. Oh, okay, a fallopian tube. So, I'm going to raise your microphone. I'm watching, oh, okay. I'm your microphone. Just watching it slowly disappearing, sink. Disappearing slowly. Everyone's going, she suddenly just got yeah. really quiet. Really quiet. I'm going to move I can. There we go. Oh, there we go. Come back. Um, but yeah, they, um, I'd kind of said, look, I've only got one ovary. I was then told it might take me like two years to have, to get pregnant. And then if I'm not pregnant, then we'll have to adopt. And that could take two, another two years. And he was like, okay, four years. I'm like 27 now. Okay. Yeah. I could have a baby at 31. Like that's fine. That seems like an average age. Um, then I got pregnant very quickly. So he maintains, I tricked him into it. And that, <laughs> I was like, I really didn't. I promise I didn't. But you know, so had lots of babies. And then I was carrying on doing the karate teaching. So yep. classes Monday to Thursday, every evening, Kyra would come with me, similar to Harriet. Yep. We would literally just leave her with the parents. Like we'd just be like, who wants a baby at the beginning of the class? And all the parents would be like, me, me, me. And they would literally just pass Kyra or the baby just down across the, all the parents. They'd all get a cuddle. Yeah. And she would sleep through 30 children screaming. She'd sleep in the attic when we put her there or in the bathroom or wherever we could put her. Um, so then it was, became a standing joke that I'd go back to work and I'd be doing my two or three days a week. And they'd be like, how? How? And you're like, oh, because she sleeps. It's fine. Yeah. It's not a problem. Um, I was very strict with the way that she fed. I came out of neonatal unit where all babies fed every four hours. That's how they left. Even if it had been a 28 weeker, they would come out feeding every four hours. That was, right. you know, on demand feeding, yeah. as we called it then. Um, and that meant a baby who fed every four hours so I fed Kyra every four hours I was like if a 28 weeker can do it a term baby can do it um and then every time I then started having subsequent children because I've got four um 
And then Cassis, there's like 15 months between them. Yeah. Then two years between Cassis and Lorelai. And then another 16 months between Lorelai and Tavian. And it became this standing joke. Every time I'd go back to work, A, I was pregnant. And they'd also be like, how are you managing to work your three shifts a week and teach karate and have small children and have them sleeping and, you know, not look like the back end of a bus? And it was always a standing joke. We're just going, it's because my baby sleep. And they were like, you should write a book. I was like, I should write a book. Okay, if I write a book, I'll call it With Sleep, I Can Do Anything. Ha, ha, ha. Funny, funny. And then with the fourth one, I kind of went, oh, but I could write a book. Like, I could give it a go. Why yeah. not? I've got, you know, I've just got a nine-week-old baby or small baby to look after. Um, so when Tavian was nine weeks old, I started writing With Sleep, I Can Do Anything, the first year, a manual, which is on Amazon. Um, I haven't done any kind of other publicizing or anything. Like it pooches along and it gets sold. And I think I've sold like 500, 600 copies or something. Right. And literally just occasionally people will find it and leave me nice reviews, which With is very nice. With sleep, I can do anything. With sleep, I can do anything. Literally. If we say it a lot. <laughs> we say it, people yeah. will go, oh, wait, I Eventually we'll transcribe the podcast. Yes. And then you get, you know, <laughs> the SEO will go through the yeah, roof. With sleep, I can do anything. Available <laughs> on Amazon by Julia Fenson. Perfect. It'll be amazing. The thing is, it's still, it's very short. It's like quite nice, big font i kind of chose a nice big font so is basically, that for bleary eyes for bleary eyes basically <laughs> you don't want to you're sleep deprived you're going oh my god please help me there's literally there's nothing worse than picking up something and going oh my god the printer's too small i yeah. can't read that no yeah. my brain's too doesn't work that way so the idea is like it's very short it's concise it's kind of clear and it explains about sleep in the background of sleep and stuff like that and then it was off the back of that my sister went why don't you offer sleep advice and I was like well, which I, sister was that jesse it has to be jesse it had to be jesse it had to be jesse yeah um and then I was like, well, your, I'm not... Your eldest My eldest, sister. my eldest, my eldest the big sister. The matriarch of the siblings. <laughs> the slightly bossier one. Is she the eldest um, of all of you? No, Alex, my brother Alex You wouldn't is the know eldest. it. No, you wouldn't. She doesn't boss him around, though. Does she not? No. That's because he lives in Boston. That's because he lives in Boston. <laughs> she, she bosses me around. I'm the only one here. The other one's in Perth. Yeah. We're like in Australia. I'm the only one who gets the brunt of... Don't listen, Jesse. It's fine. Um, but no, so she was the one. And I was like, I don't have like a sleep consultancy degree or anything. I haven't paid the £2,000 to go and train with, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And she was like, so? She was like, no one cares about that. She was like, you're a nurse, you're a midwife, you have four children, you've talked karate for years. You, if anything, you, and you literally wrote the book on it, just offer it. So I started being like, does anyone want any kind of free advice? So I started with some free advice and um, started helping a few people. Then I was like, I'll charge like £25 or something. Um, and then basically I then say three or four months later. So in the September, I started advertising a little bit on Google. Um, tried advertising on Facebook. Realized that was a terrible mistake and you should never advertise on Facebook with something that's slightly controversial like sleep training. Ah, uh, you got some feedback, did you? Yeah, I got, I got some feedback. Yeah, I got some feedback. I got quite a lot of uh, very aggressive, horrible comments saying that I was a money grabber and I was taking advantage of mums and mum sleep shaming mums and how dare I and, you know, just hashtag normalized babies not sleeping and being miserable and being upset and families having horrible cases of depression and anxiety and that was like how dare I um, imply that people should have a nicer life and enjoy parenting how dare I that was awful so I kind of went okay I'm going to steer away from Facebook yeah. I kind of just and because I, I realized that that was more of like a push advertising yeah. you're pushing on people who may not necessarily yeah. want it Google is like a pull it's yeah. like people searching help me yeah. my baby needs to sleep and then I come up and then I can appear um, so it basically literally went from there. I did it for about a year and a half. And then I started being like, oh, I'm actually not doing that badly. And I'm pretty much making as much as money as I'm making as working two days a week. And as a midwife at this point, I could probably just pack it in. And I, like at the time I was still doing because I had then done more clients. Then I also had their emails and the follow up support yeah. doing it constantly. Yeah. Plus then all the actual midwifery work, plus yeah. then teaching the karate classes, plus then all the four kids. My husband's like, something needs to go. Like you, you're you kind of losing it a little bit. You didn't think by Chris. No, he didn't say by Chris. <laughs> he's actually, he's, no, he's, he's um like he did take on a little bit more of the, like the emails and the admin work on the karate side. 
Um, as you saw, I started having more emails on my side. But um, no, I kind of then went, okay, well, let's see where this goes in terms of my my um, the business. So then I managed, I was like, okay, if I can get like nine a month, then I'll be fine. We're like that will kind of cover me or pay what I've normally paid towards our mortgage and stuff that I'll help. And then it's kind of just kept doubling and increasing and growing and stuff. So I do on average between seven and eight clients a week now. Right. Um, the fo the follow up support is quite intense. That if I need to get at some point, I'll get try and get some help or train someone to help me. Um, that will be the first thing to go. I think that I keep the video consultations, the face to face. Yeah. But the follow up support because you'll have pe some parents understandably are really upset or they're anxious or they're stressed and they just want answers quickly and i try and answer them as possibly like i say twice a day in reality anyone who knows me knows that i answer within like an hour yeah. typically unless yeah. i'm having a very busy day um because i try and be as responsive as i possibly can so if they're saying what time should i put them down for their next nap i can actually tell them yeah as opposed to going oh what happened at the end of the day yeah, yeah. um that does that is definitely my usp the majority of sleep consultants don't have follow-up or they'll say we'll give you a phone call at the end of the two weeks like as right. a catch-up which to me is totally pointless. Like you can have a phone call and go, oh yes, you did everything wrong. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Start again. Like I don't feel it's helpful. Actually that holding their hand as you go through the process, that's the hardest bit. I was like, to, to, for someone just to Google sleep training, you can Google it. You can get all the information, what to do. But it's then the scenarios afterwards. It's the, yeah. now what happens? What happens when? Mm -hmm. That's the help that they need most with. So then that's, I think why I'm slightly more unique, where I actually offer quite a lot of follow-up in comparison to other people. So I think that's kind of helped with the growth and the increase. But I'm like incredibly blessed. I'm like, and I, what's really nice, I have like a group of um, Facebook mums that once they've had a session with me, I then join them onto my little Facebook group that now I have about 400, 500 mums. There's a couple there who are incredible and like um, never train them, but they will be like, I think Julie would say, and then they'll yeah. give all the advice. I'm like, yes, yes. I just like their comments. I'm like, yes, yes, you've got this. It's amazing. And they genuinely help all the new mums coming in going, oh, I've just, you know, we've done this or my toddler's now doing this. And they're like, I've got a toddler now too. And like genuinely they're all growing and they've, because they've all done sleep training, it's like this beautiful little community where nobody's afraid to say anything. Yeah. Like they all understand where each other's coming from. They all trained with me. So they all know my information and my background. So it's such a nice little group. So many other parenting groups are so judgy. And it's so like, oh, you did this and you did this. Oh, you were breastfeeding, you were bottle feeding, you were sleep training, you did sleep training, you could sleep. What's actually here is everyone is so incredibly open. Yeah. And they're just absolutely lovely. It's such a nice little group. So it's very um, rewarding as well to have that kind of tickling on the back. Do you think that much of that is due to the fact that you've attracted people like you? I think so. I think it helps. I think it helps that I'm quite funny or people laugh at me. <laughs> like, I find that Chris is like, you should, like occasionally I'll have pe people being like, oh, you should be like a stand-up comedian. And I'm like, sometimes it's really fun. It's very as long as, as long as the audience can listen quickly. As long as they can catch up yeah, and their brains are working. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know how we're going to transcribe this episode because it's going at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so, but no, but this, the idea is quite entertaining. But like you, I was thinking, we have very similarities in the fact that we have to get, we have like a minute or two minutes to make an impression and to make yeah. the person feel at ease. Yeah, the difference Straight is away. if my the person that I'm impressing falls asleep in front of me, I'm screwed. <laughs> Whereas for you, that's success. That is success. That is success. Unless you're too, taking a photo of a baby. That's yeah, well, we, yeah. and irony of ironies today, we couldn't get the baby <laughs> to sleep. Get the baby sleep. <laughs> that's the thing. We're like, we don't want a photo of the baby sleeping in arms because that's obviously it's, not yeah, the you point. Shouldn't be doing but, that. But yeah. we could do the picture <laughs> of the baby asleep. Uh, could have worked. Yeah, didn't no. happen. But you know, we got some nice bottle feeding photos. We did get of some nice teaching stuff. her to bottle feed. I was like, would it be weird to be like, Cara, whip out your boo, pretend you're breastfeeding? No, let's not. No, let's not. No, I think we probably decided that was probably. No, I mean, not not that I haven't photographed it. I have, <laughs> not, but 
but not her. Not her. No, <laughs> I don't, yeah, really she, I don't think her. she would have been that happy with that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's quite <laughs> a commission. Probably, <laughs> she would have yeah. think, gone, no, I'm fine with that one, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Whip them out. Let's, have, let's take <laughs> let's a pretend. picture. Let's just pretend. Yeah. Um, or just shove the yeah. baby we under know, your We top. know the baby's asleep, but we just wanted to have a look. She's like, he's actually in the pram outside. But no, it's I completely lost the point now. What were you saying? Oh, about making people comfortable. Is it, yeah, it's, it's about attracting like for like. Like for like. Mm. And also, because I'm saying something that potentially is very controversial. Like, I have a lot of doctors, which is, again, is lovely. Yeah. I have doctors. I've had GPs. I've had pediatricians. And people who go, people go to for advice, who then come to me when I can go, you realize this is this, 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 the other. And they're like, oh, mm. I didn't know that. And then what's really gratifying is because I'm very evidence-based. Yeah. I'm very much, and I'll tell you um, about this book later, but effectively... I like studies. I like evidence-based practice. I And I can personally critically appraise a lot of the actual information given to people. So I can read an article in the something that goes, this is this and this sleep training will kill your babies and all that ridiculous things and break it down and go, well, actually, that study is 15 years old and already been discredited by a number of people. This one is again been taken out of context and actually that's not what they meant at all and this is totally pointless. So actually, you have no new information. You're just scaremongering again. And I can read that and go, Okay, that's fine. And I know where those studies come from because I know enough of the, about the background as opposed to where you might find other sleep consultants who basically go to do a course. They're told, this is what we say. This is what we do. And they don't actually know why it works or right. how it works right. or that. And you'll have some people who are like, it's just it's just very, very difficult if they're not reading the studies and they're not reading the science and they're just basically doing it because they've always been told that to do yeah. that. So I'm saying controversial things that they might have heard all these negative things about sleep training. So I have to be able to a elicit confidence in yeah. myself that they yeah. can go, I can trust Julia. Like she knows how to read studies. She understands the studies. She can come from. So the fact I always, I write down on my notes if they're GPs or doctors, because I'm like at some point when I have time, I want to go back through it and contact them all and be like, could I please have like a review specifically from medical professionals who have uh, who I've helped yeah. who can quantify and qualify the fact that actually their baby is now doing really, really well yeah. as a result of the work with me. Um, so that's kind of like the end goal. But it is it's a very tough thing because you need also you need people to be smiling and laughing. You don't want them staring at you going, oh, my God, he's taking photos of me. What do I do? I don't know. Where did that suddenly take a left turn? No, at the lights? Just like, <laughs> they just say that about making people feel comfortable right at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like, and they're listening that comfort, like confidence. I'm doing it because they have to kind of trust what I'm saying and do what I'm saying. But for you, you need. I don't, I don't think it's any different. Yeah. I, I watched you today with uh, Caroline mm -hmm. and your body language, your laughter, your humor, your energy. Mm. I That's what we do. Yeah. You know, I'm working in a completely different field, but it's still person to person you're mm -hmm. still people to people yeah you know i don't make widgets yeah i put people in front of a camera yeah and you know hopefully spread a little bit of joy mm -hmm. you bring you know uh, relaxation and some reassurance i would think more yeah. than anything else to people's yeah. lives I, I mean i did some headshots last night and you know the, the lady powerful lady clever mm. lady, works in the legal uh, legal profession in london and you can see it. She didn't know what to expect. Mm. Didn't know how this was going to work. Yeah. And at the end of it, I mean, it effectively was modeling for mm. us. I mean, it's it's fast. It's easy. Yeah. And it's all done using body language mm -hmm. and, and language. Yeah. And actually liking people. You have to mm -hmm. genuinely like them. Yeah. And I watched you today and while we were doing the stuff this morning. And that was it. You were doing exactly what a good photographer would do. Mm. And hopefully a good photographer is doing exactly what someone like a midwife yeah 
imagine yeah. you, you, you putting people at ease well it's, it, these are their stress points admittedly yeah. <laughs> photography is a trivial stress point <laughs> I'm not going to argue it's well, the Caroline same did not enjoy having a photo taken no, general, she, but she was yeah, happy she was fine with you yeah the, the thing is she was fine with you and it's unusually you know there was, a, there was a, like a layer of separation between mm. me and one of the people I was photographing yeah because it is about you yeah she came for, with yeah, me as opposed to came for you um mm. But I, I suspect the adrenaline spike mm. is very similar. Yeah. You know, when you're going into hospital to be checked over, or when you're going to hospital mm-hmm. to have birth, I suspect is a little bit more. Yeah, more, probably more a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, inviting someone into your, inviting someone like you into someone's life mm-hmm. to help sort it out will have the same sense of trepidation mm-hmm. that someone walking into the studio would have. Yeah. And your solution and my solution to that problem mm. is very similar i don't think it's yeah. the same solution everyone would use yeah but we use it with quick talking mm-hmm. energy knowing when to take the energy straight down again yeah. bring it back up because you need energy to portray yes it helps with trust it helps mm-hmm. with the conversation but of course for you you have to bring the heart rate back down to get yeah. sleep yeah we also have to bring the heart rate back down mm-hmm. to get a sensual calm. or calm photo yeah. so you're constantly riding yeah, up this, and down yeah and it, it struck me actually watching you that there are far more parallels than dissimilarities yeah and I like that. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of face to face, but that's just general. You have to have that. Like you'll notice that when you go to a shop, you'll have people who automatically, there's um, a shop near us called Esquire's Coffee and certainly in Lucas Furniture and the baristas there are wonderful. I love them. I literally go in and I'm like, I'm just happier just being in yeah. here and talking to you. And the fact that they just, their energy comes out and they're just like, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help you. And I, as opposed to what do you want? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll get like you can. You're but you like, use oh. the word just, and I think you're wrong. Mm. I don't think it's as common as you think it is. No. And I'm a good many years ahead of you. Mm. <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot of, <laughs> I'm not quite. I'm closer do- to your children's age. Yeah, you are closer <laughs> to my children's age. Uh, I think it's rarer than people know. Mm. Um, there are plenty. I think the, th- the trouble is those experiences kind of drift by mm. the, the faceless service you get, yeah, or the overtly scripted service you get in some yeah. shops. You know, these are. I, I remember Accenture being trained in uh, NLP and mm. body language yeah. mirroring. Yeah, and I remember then thinking, so this is for the people who don't understand Basics. how to relate. How to, yeah, so we're being taught mm-hmm. by ABC how to relate, and while mm. there is definitely some power in learning about the effect of body language or the effect of language if you're having to be taught how to use language to get someone to like you you've you've got a slightly different puzzle ahead than you possibly think but a lot of that is also parenting don't you think maybe like there's certain things where i've noticed quite a lot where certainly with my children i'm very much at the end of the school day i will always go what do you say and if they're not looking at the teacher i'll literally turn physically turn their head and be like say it to them look at them in the eyes and say thank you very much. And a lot of people nowadays would disagree with that. Mm. They would be like, no, you can't make them. And I was like, and certainly growing up with my parents, like my brother, you've met my brother. Yeah. Like he is lovely. Like my my husband gets really annoyed. He's just like, why do you love your brother so much? I was like, because he's wonderful. He is he is the epitome of a gentleman, I think. Like he's in, like exceptionally smart, but you wouldn't know it. Like if you spoke to him just normally off the bat, you wouldn't necessarily think he was the smartest man in the room. And he always is. He wouldn't, he makes people feel comfortable. He makes people feel interesting. And I think that's, something that's being lost out a lot of where yeah. people are starting to think it's all about me. The whole hashtag you do you is yeah. incredibly in itself. It's a very narcissistic viewpoint where you progress yourself regardless of what it makes other people feel or what they want or yeah. anything. When actually, especially in like marriage, we like Chris and I 
recently been we try and occasionally have talks of you know where like how are we doing should we work on something else is there something you know that we've how did you end up in the mexican embassy (laughs) i saw the pictures it's like i must that's just triggered a memory (laughs) that's just a mexican independence day in the embassy in no it wasn't in the embassy it was in like the embassy was hosting it but it was in the uh in like the electric brixton Oh, right. It was just for Mexican okay. Independence Day. Okay, I, I got this kind of thing it. that you've been in. You're like royalty, <laughs> Mexican royalty. Well, they were like, yes, bring her back. She's the famous sleep training woman. No, Mexicans don't need sleep training. Um, they have maids to do that for them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're getting yourself into a lot. I'm not cutting this Mexico, podcast. I love you. Love you, Mexicans. Um, but that is technically quite true. Um, technically quite true. It's a sweeping generalisation. Um, you know I'm of... going to get a load of <laughs> shit for this, don't you? No, no. Me- Mexicans in Mexico from a certain... Like, and no, all, they have it... a lot of common sense. They still have a lot of common okay. sense. that hasn't, And they have a lot right. of big families. In the UK, we're very insulated. We move away from our families. We're all it's by true, ourselves. Yeah. We read a lot more books now and we're trying to be like, oh, I'm going to read every single book. But now I've read 20 different viewpoints and now I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. In Mexico, it's still very much matriarch. The mother is going to... Mother's telling daughter what you're doing with that baby. And then that's it. And then you'll have, you know, uh, you have like either you're at the kind of the lower end of the poverty or on the poverty scale where you have that matriarch and you're all living together and you're all helping each other and you've got your village or you're on the slightly further up where you have maids and people to come and help you with the babies. Right. And like all my cousins all have nannies. It's just a common thing. Okay. So, you know. And how much trouble am I going to be in for this segment? Of the- <laughs> I don't know about this. I, I, I've had, well, it's because that's the thing. I don't know what kind of percentage of people I know. I know a lot of people in Mexico and like my cousins and my family, but I don't know what. They're a very small part of the population, but certainly like the middle class, they still have maids. <laughs> given, how, well, given how many of, the, of you there are in the UK, you can only imagine <laughs> how many of you there are back in Mexico. There's a lot more of it. Actually, they know they've also started dissipating. There's like now some in the States, there's some uh, in Washington. There's a global domination. So, yeah, basically. Yeah. We're taking over the world slowly, state by state. Um, but no, the um, what was I saying about the sleep training? Well, there's an interesting angle that uh, the whole you do you and narcissism oh, yeah. and that kind of thing. But actually, your job and my job, and mm. I coach people in this, mm. is to make somebody else's life a little bit better. Yeah. And if you have to take something narcissistic from it, it's mm-hmm. that you have made somebody else's life yeah. a little bit better. And yeah. that's what should make you yeah. feel good. Absolutely. And the thing is, the goal as well is not all about me. Like, it's not in that respect of... Like, certainly, like, my husband, we were, were like, talking in part of, like, yeah, marriage. Chris. No. He, he didn't get to come on he's the like, interview, but blimey, has he been spoken about? Sorry, <laughs> Chris. He's a very big part of my life, and we've been together for, yeah, like, 17 yeah, years, yeah, yeah. so a lot of me is him. But we were talking about it, and I was thinking about this thing when they talk about feelings, how you're always supposed to talk about feelings, where I feel this. I was like, but the thing is, again, that's got this kind of potential undercurrent push of just saying, I want to talk about how I feel, and actually kind of ignore you when you're talking about how you feel and now I just want to talk about how that makes me feel as opposed to thinking certainly that I because I'm not very empathetic as a natural person Chris is very empathetic he is extraordinarily empathetic possibly some might say too empathetic but I have to work on my empathy whilst he has to work on it not affecting him so much so like things like I don't want to say no to people if they're asking for training when I'm going stop working so much you're working like a crazy person you don't have the time and he's like but I don't want to make them sad I don't want Mm. to disappoint them just going no no you have to you know, business-wise, where I have to be like, take the reins occasionally and be like, no, 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 you actually have to charge that person money. They have money and you're just being, you know, you're just being nice and you have to actually, you know, work a little bit more. I have to be a bit more like, if he goes, I feel sad, not go, oh, I've made you feel sad and now I'm sad because I've made you feel sad. No, 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 it's not about me. It's about how, of him and trying to understand his perspective. It's the same when, so the whole you do you is very, forget everybody else, 
just do whatever makes you happy. You're like, in some respects, yes, absolutely. You know, hashtag self-care is a very important thing and keeping ourselves sane and happy and mentally healthy is really important, but not to the detriment of others. And if we are constantly pushing everyone just to do whatever they want to make them, then they're not telling children, they're like, you don't have to, they don't have to say hello if they don't want to say hello. Like, I get kissing and hugging if they don't want mm. to and stuff, but they should have enough common courtesy and manners to mm. say hello to talk to people and look them in the eyes. Yeah. If, especially if they don't have, like obviously children have autism and stuff like that. Obviously yeah. it makes them uncomfortable and you don't want to push them. A normal child, well, not normal, but you know. Yeah, um, easy with that word. Yeah, no. yeah. That, <laughs> that like, will get you. That, will, that will get yeah, me. Quite that rightly will genuinely. as well. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like a yeah. child that has no other issues, they should know how to speak to people. They should learn how to speak to people in the eyes and make people feel comfortable so that they yeah. can't leave away going, oh, that's a nice child. Because then that in turn will make them feel comfortable and confident in themselves. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's getting over that ideology or the idea that by making someone else happy, that makes, makes you, you happy. happy. Exactly. Yeah, it's making someone yeah. well, you know, in your world, yeah. giving them sleep in my world. When they leave the studio, at the very least, at the mm. bottom of the scale of things they should walk out feeling, yeah. they should feel interesting, part of a conversation yeah. that actually the time we spent... Has meant something I, to you as well. That's right. It yes, genuinely absolutely. to me. And the reality for me is it has. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's really fun to meet so many people yeah. and to talk to them and stuff. And if we, if you're closed off and you just think, how are they going to add to my life? Like, it's just all about me. Then actually, you will, you're, that will come across in your face. That yeah. will come across in your nature. That will come across in yeah. what you're talking about. But actually, genuinely being interested in people's lives, how they got to the point that they're at, yeah. whatever that point is whether it's needing baby sleep help or they want their photography for their wedding. How did you I, get here? I feel here? a little bit trivial in that conversation. But, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? No, because uh. your happiness, like the amount of happiness, certainly if you did like a collective amount of happiness that you particularly have supplied to my family, my extended family, you have photographed all of us at all different stages of our life from engagement shoots to photo shoots to wedding shoots to baby shoots to then was grandparent it a, shoots. Was it, was it a Benetton? It was the Benetton tops, was it? Benetton? No, the Hollister tops. Oh, they were Hollister they were because Hollister. they're all different colours. <laughs> they're all different colours. Like, sorry, sorry for Hollister, but it, yeah. I made it look like a Benetton <laughs> shop. Three sisters, three pregnancies, all at different yeah. stages, all in different yeah, colours. all in different colours. Yeah, still a uniquely yeah. interesting shot that it's I will never do shot. again. <laughs> you get three sisters all pregnant yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, stay out your tummy. I'm only 14 weeks. It's fine. Just stick yeah. it out. But no, it was that. that's certainly the happiness that you bring to other people. And then that happiness that you have when you look at your photos, that is unrivaled in like, it's a very particular happiness that you don't get from other people. Like even Caroline yeah. will go home today who goes, I hate having my photos taken. And she'll look at the photos of her and her baby and be like, yeah, cute. that's amazing. And look at the, how he's captured that. And it's such a nice, like an important part of people's life that people I think take for granted. Yeah. I mean, one thing we'd have now downstairs, I don't know if you noticed it on the works on the uh, the cabinet behind you oh the prints yeah all the prints yeah. all written on yeah i love and that we've only just started doing that and although we've always captured feedback mm. we're now capturing it when they sit down in the review room they write it on the bottom of this little mount yeah. with a print in it and when i'm having or when any, any of the team are having a day when it's just because you do yeah yeah always and, and the trouble with this kind of role mm. is it's almost set up mm. for not depression that's pushing it too far but the come down from, mm. it's a gig mentality. It's like yep. a comedian or a performer. Yeah, yeah. You're performing and then you mm -hmm. come down and your adrenaline levels drop. Yeah. And if you're tired. Oh, you're just going to feel sluggish you, and you sad. Just, and, uh. You just feel sad. Yeah. And so actually we go and look at all the nice things people have written. Yeah. And it reminds us that actually what we do, mm -hmm. as well as 
run a successful business yeah. we actually bring a lot of joy to people yeah absolutely and it's really important yeah it's good those are things those what you capture that's one of the reasons why we hired you like our wedding budget was very very small but we were like we have to have paul mm. I was like that. I was like, I don't care. It doesn't matter if we get married in a like in a garage <laughs> or in the slums, but Paul will make it look incredible. And I was like, that's the only thing that, as a general rule, you get to keep. Like those photos, Chris. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, he's gotten old. He's not captured. He's not been still. He's oh, very wrinkly. Right, right, he's yeah, gone grey. Yeah, 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 you know, okay. he's changed a lot. But actually, to capture the day and to capture those photos. It's an incredible thing to do. Yeah, I remember Chris said, he said one line to me. I can't remember what we were chatting about, but he looked at me and he cocked his eye and he said, what you don't realise is you are the one luxury. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Better do yeah, a good job true. then, shall I, yeah. Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, definitely we shot were. In a, we shot in a car park. We shot in a car park. I mean, I didn't get married in a car park, guys. No, it's, it's, it's a nice venue, just, but <laughs> the, the one space we had where yeah. the sun ran the right direction uh, yeah, was in the car park. Yeah, and that sunset was amazing, though. Yeah. Like, we was literally, I remember you coming in going, quickly, there's a sunset, yeah, run. Get out. We're like, get out. And we're just like sprinting past everyone. Get out of the way. Yeah, we need yeah. the shot. Yeah, yeah. I remember it really clearly. I remember yeah. him picking you up like a toy. Yeah. And flinging you around uh, in yep. your bridal gown. And exactly. It was just beautiful. It's good. Yeah. That's the thing. But that now we have it captured. Oh, we have gorgeous. that photo. Remember, we have that, that memory. And that's what elicits the memories. It listens, and all of those things will come rushing back, which is why photography in itself is an incredible skill to be able to do that. It's amazing. I don't know. I think it's a people skill. I think it's just... For, in in mm. the genre that I work in, I mean, yeah. we always have to qualify all of these conversations. I take portraits. Yeah. So for me getting the same in, in that there are there's so many similarities in mm. in not the not necessarily the whole approach but body language and mm. messaging and a whole load of things because your job as well as mine is to get people to relax and be them yeah and let's drag the magic out of that mm-hmm. and because i generally like people as you do mm-hmm. you're one of those people yeah i remember meeting you in the recording studio that day mm. um Actually, was that the first time? That was the second time, I think. I, I Did might... we do the first photos by the barn? No, the first photos were done up on the hill. I'm sure that was the first session. No. I'm sure it was. Was it? Or maybe it was in the barn. I feel like the barn, yeah, when maybe. we were all outside, I think that was the first one. And then you started yeah, using Alex as a light reflector. Bless him. Um, I didn't use him as a light reflector. I got him to hold the reflector. Alex is not so big. <laughs> He's not so light. Or was it Chris? I'm... I don't remember. No, it must have been Chris because he. No, Al- you used Chris as a light reflector because Alex, Alex was in, was the in the photo. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, Alex was in the photo. Chris so Alex the only must, one have of all my, the- <laughs> must have been my six foot five human light stand. Yeah, hold this, Chris. Same. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's him. very true. But the truth is, you rewrite. You know, your memory is flawed. And I, but the, the recollection I have of meeting was in mm. the studio. Yeah, um, and I remember just laughing. I come back and telling Sarah about you and saying that she's, she's hilarious. It's ridiculous. 16 year old or 17 year old <laughs> no she just she asked the right questions I said of all three of them of the three sisters she's the one mm. that probably if you want if she wanted to do it could do it because she has the desire for that side of the business you, yeah. you, you asked me am I going to be famous and I laughed <laughs> said I, oh. I'm sure you are I've, and I'm still certain you are you know at some point it would be fun to like have my own show Joe Frost here I come yeah do it <laughs> just, do it I, I don't think I would have that many viewers of just being like watching a baby sleep no, well, or I say, well, like, okay. listening to you talk about baby sleep might be more interesting. 
Do yeah. no, do do some commentary videos. That'd be hilarious. Commentary. Yeah. Oh no! Can you see what she's doing? Yeah, she's put the baby down. Oh now the baby's trying to grab her back. Oh yeah, nope. The baby's grabbed the nipple. Okay, nope. The no. baby's not letting go. It's still coming in. I was thinking. I was thinking more documentary rather <laughs> okay. than race. You made it sound like a racehorse, like a horse race rather. It moves very fast. <laughs> before baby, you know baby's it, you put the baby down. <laughs> the baby's down. The baby's down. The baby's approaching sleep. Oh no! Here we come. The adrenaline <laughs> spikes approaching. The break. The adrenaline strike has overtaken the baby's sleep cycle. Watch the baby's awake. See. <laughs> Sotheby's auctioneer I could be there you definitely could be I an auctioneer yeah I was I have um, my husband Chris and I were talking about the fact that like tongue, twist, tongue, tongue, tongue twisters you, could, you, could, no, tongue you twisters. can't even say a tongue can't twister can't even say it tongue twisters I traditionally am quite good at tongue, tongue twisters whilst he was but terrible but just can't actually say the word tongue, tongue twister. twister I hadn't thought about it you have to think <laughs> the skill is to think of the words that you're how saying can, how can you say it? I think I'd be good at tongue twisters <laughs> I mean the whole the that whole sentence is irony Wait, cut that bit out I'm not leaving that in and that, ladies and gentlemen, is almost the definition of irony. <laughs> I think I'd be good at tongue twisters. I would be so good at tongue twisters. Wait, tongue twisters, tongue, tongue twisters. You know, normally, see, see, I, I would be normally quite good at it. Would you? Whilst he would be absolutely terrible at it. Well, um, that's because he couldn't get a word in edgeways. That is also He's never true. allowed to speak. That's also very true. No, I'm, I'm a lot nicer now, Paul. <laughs> I am so much nicer now. I am so mature. I have matured. I listen I take occasionally a step back and actually absorb what he's actually saying. You see, the thing is, I know you're only half telling the truth because you've had to <laughs> slow down to think about the words. That's the slowest you've spoken in I the whole interview. Listening? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, yeah. I'm two ears, now. one mouth, twice as long listening <gasps> as you do speaking. I know. Which is actually cool. is very different as mm. a photographer. Yeah. Because if you're talking, I can't take a picture. Yeah. So, so you have to just keep it talking. It becomes so a performance. Be yeah. And, yeah. and I. I do. I do apologise to people. Yeah. I am going to talk quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out it was good practice to do a yeah. podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's very. I, good. I can now talk it. I can sit in a dark Incessantly. room with just me and a microphone, and I do that regularly. Yeah, and people listen to it. And welcome to great. the Mastering Portrait Photography <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> which is great. That's what people want. They want to hear you rambling on. <laughs> rambling, rambling. <laughs> Cutting that out. Oh, no. you know, I'm not leaving that in. All the nasty things you said about our friends over on the other side of the world, that's staying in. You being nasty to me. Rambling? Rambling. I always talk about myself rambling. It's fun. Yeah, but you don't then point it at me. We're the same. You we're not I. the same. We just I don't said you just spent 20 minutes ramble. talking about how we're the same. I don't ramble. <laughs> We Clear, used to laugh, we used to laugh about Harriet and said all she needed was a budgie mirror and it turns out that's her father. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one that's happily with a budgie mirror, just a little bit of cuttlefish, yep. <laughs> a small cage and a microphone. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, we kind of, I mean, this has been a long and rambling, Sorry, to use your terminology, so uh, podcast. <laughs> I had all these ideas about what would be, in the end it's just really nice to talk to you. Oh, uh, you boil down, mm-hmm. so let's say, let's bring it back to photographers yep. briefly and... At a very shallow level. Yeah. Don't be Let's deep. Give that. You don't need to be deep. We don't need depth in this. Okay, we don't need uh, If I'm photographing a family with a baby, mm-hmm. three tips that would help the shoot run smoother. Um, have ready with milk. So you want to make sure that they've got milk. So either you're trying to... Depends on what the photo you want. If you want... You know, some people might genuinely want, you know, breastfeeding photos of them with their baby. So go, trying to time it so that you can... One of the nice things about certainly the way that I do feeding is that it's relatively structured so like for instance caroline knew her baby was going to need a bottle at around 10 30 you know we shoved it in a little bit earlier so we could get the photo but that means you can be a bit more structured so you are trying to make sure that they can have the feed either at the 
um, photo shoot or if you want a sleeping baby, ideally have the photo shoot before. Right. Um, I mean, the bottle before or the yep. breast before so that they are very calm. They're very ca- quiet because you obviously don't want a baby who's kicking off and kind of overtired. Um, you want them to ideally have just woken up or so if you're going to do a feed, you want them to have woken up, have a feed and then they're ready. Yep. They're not overtired and they're not hungry. Yep. So you've got a nice, placid, lovely, little, happy little baby. Um, the room has to be really warm. You want a very nice warm room. So that's kind of more for you, more for the, than the parents necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And having relatively low lighting, if you can, obviously, if you want bright lights, that will kind of in, come in. But that will annoy the baby, having bright lights shining straight into their face. Also, they get very distracted with stuff like that. And it can be very stimulating, in which yeah. case they're more likely to switch into overtiredness and then get really grouchy and start screaming, right. which is obviously not the goal. Yeah. Um, so those are your main things, so like the feeding, making sure that they've just had a nice nap and they've just woken up and then keeping the warm, dark room-ish. Okay, so that's good. I've got that. So that's the contents of my next book, mm-hmm. Sleeping Baby, Happy Photographer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Co-authored that's by. Idea. Genius. <laughs> we should Genius. do it. Genius. We should. Yeah, we should do it. Uh, I'm going to bring our happy time to mm-hmm. a close, simply yep. because... I've got a load of editing to do, but I would happily... I have no t- idea what time it is. I have oh, no idea. I'm also going to have to go collect some children at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yours or someone else's? My actually, oh, okay. my actually ones. Your yeah. beautiful uh, Kyra. Yeah. yeah I tripped over some pictures of her the other day. She ah. reminds me of you. She's very beautiful. Really? Hmm. She doesn't look anything like me. No, she looks like my sister-in-law. It's very sad. The number of times we were together and people would be like, your daughter's lovely talking to her. I'm like, she's mine. Oh, I th- Thanks very much. Well, maybe I just, maybe I'm just mirroring stuff onto Possibly. her. Yeah, maybe I But am. she's, no, she's like blonde hair, green eyes. I'm brown hair, brown well, eyes. I like to laugh at her because in the, the one shoot we did here for Mastering Portrait Photography, yeah. she ate my lunch. She did eat your lunch. I remember that. She stole your apple yeah. and very happily started yeah. chomping away at it. Yeah, like, <laughs> she was like, there's my, an apple for me. That's my lunch. Get <laughs> off my like two. <laughs> get off my lunch. I only had an apple, and then I didn't have an apple. And then you didn't have an apple. No, she I, had I got apple. some pictures of her you chomping do? on my yeah. apple, <laughs> which is like it's like a fairy tale scene, modern it take was, on it. But that's yeah. my apple. That Get was off your my apple. apple. Yeah, she, the next one was her asleep with the apple. Yeah, <laughs> like Paul poisoned it just in case, out of spite because the two-year-old took his apple. Godmother. Shut up! I'm not like that. But you're not. Uh, as per all our guests on the podcast, I ask for you to nominate a book, mm-hmm. which I will then ferret away and go and buy. Amazing. A physical book. Cool. Uh, obviously, I you know, Kindle's great. Yeah, uh, it, it goes into our library. Something that might be interesting or intriguing or inspirational, or energizing for a photographer. For a photographer, um, I think. Can I say two? I like the way you're pausing as if you're making this up, but I know you had already lined up two because I, I already two had lined earlier. up two. It's because I have two, which are my most All right, favorite. Yes, books. you can have two. All right, so the first one is called Crib Sheet, and these are for any photographers who have children. See, there you go. Segway. Yeah. Well done. Photographers with babies, with children, or toddlers. And um, basically it's called Crib Sheet. It's by Professor Emily Oster. Um, She's a professor from the States and it's all parenting decisions in the first couple of years, but based entirely on the research. Right. So it's not, you know, just because the NHS has recommended this or the WHO. She'll break down the studies that they use to influence the guidelines and then she'll go through and go, well, that one study is rubbish. This one's biased. This one's pointless. This is a small sample size. These are the real benefits of X or these are the real cons of X. And so it's very, very um, evidence-based, which is lovely. The second book is called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker, who is a sleep scientist. Um, And effectively, this one is life-changing for whoever you are. Like if you're a photographer or a pilot or an architect or a groundsman, anything at all, you have to read this book. It is life-changing. It's just understanding how sleep works in our minds and our bodies, how it affects physically everything in us is incredible. 
Right. That's yeah. definitely a book I should read. Given yes. that I will be editing this week till one in the morning. Until one in the morning. You should never do that. And I know I shouldn't, but unfortunately oh, yeah. the deadlines are still there. And <laughs> the, when, when, yeah. I, when my client can only see half her wedding pictures because, yeah, do you know what? I read this great book on sleep <laughs> and frankly, that's more important, important than, than your, your pictures. Job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Um, it is important. Like things like um, just as a quickly for the states because I know it's very common. Just uh, or even any students, Jake would be very interested in knowing this. But actually, he would do better in studies. Like you would do twenty five percent better on a study on an exam if you actually sleep like eight hours, the full eight hours before your exam, rather right. than cramming. Right, cramming is the worst thing you can possibly do, and actually you forget a lot more than if you had just gone through all your paperwork before you go to sleep and you have a get a solid eight hours. So sleep will always make you perform better. Nice. I shall yeah. let Jake know that. Yeah, you should let Nick Jake know uh, that. Uh, we have mentioned Jake by name. That's my son. Yes, Just in case yeah. anyone... <laughs> so who the hell is Jake? That <laughs> came a bit Jake? left field. <laughs> it's a, some sort of fictitious student <laughs> character. No, it's our son. It's my son. son. It's yeah, not our son. No, not no our son. your son. 20 years old, studying <laughs> sport technology at Loughborough. Yeah. And the last thing he does is sleep. At least... Actually, no, that's not true. He does. He just doesn't sleep during night hours. During the night hours. Yeah, as long, yeah. As, yeah, as, long as he's getting, you know good sleep no I think Jake's getting plenty of sleep it's just not what I time. would consider it to be appropriate <laughs> that's fine T- T- teenagers lectures, have different during... melatonins it's fine their melatonin levels are different well you'll be fine yeah like all students we seem to survive yeah we do uh, what an absolute pleasure uh, I hope I hope that interview translated well to my audience <laughs> I going, loved it what was this I've had the best hour of my life I've oh, loved every second much. of it me too um, that was great Julia talks quick, so if there's any questions know. you have, uh, that once uh, repeat everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Can you go back over everything? Yeah, the thing said. is, I haven't got headphones on, so I, I'm hoping that the record mm. has captured all of the little noises. I, I, I speak quickly, but I think I have good diction. You do have very good diction. So you're like hopefully. A, you're you're like a newsreader that's just had Red Bull. Red Bull, like loads of caffeine. <laughs> Let me tell you all the news really quickly, and you'll find out about it. <laughs> It's exactly like that. <laughs> I tell you what, it could be the news at 10, it'd be over by 10 past 10, and it then we can be. get on with our lives know, instead of reading the rubbish. Uh, just dragging it out. No, uh, no, no. If you're yeah. going to say something, say it quick. Yeah. Just, as I'm the, I was the youngest of like in the family of six. If I didn't get to say it quick, I wouldn't get to say it. Well, that's, yeah, fair point. And knowing your sisters, you're absolutely <laughs> yep. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is why Alex, your eldest brother, or the. the he's the, the calmest. He's the, just very calm. He's just very calm. I'm going to internalize my conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm more interested in you because, well, frankly, I had to be. Please <laughs> <laughs> won't stop talking. These three little girls. Uh, Julia Fensom, uh, what an absolute pleasure. Uh, the Instagram feed she talked about is JF Baby Consultant. Yep. Have I got? I remember that. Yeah, no, that's JF, JF Baby Consultant. Just J- JF Baby Consultant. Yeah. That's right. It's uh, well worth a look. Oh, if nothing else, to read the lovely notes that people send you. I do read hmm. them. Uh, and if ever you wanted a counter argument to people saying you're just making money out of sleep shaming. Go read the comments from people you've genuinely, uh, that she's genuinely helped because it really is quite heartwarming. Hmm. You are a lovely individual. You have a lovely family. I love Chris as much as I love you. <laughs> I true. have to say that. You do, you do have to say I that. I do have to say we that. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. And he is, of course, invited onto the podcast. Uh, he'll be he very likes. happy now. Uh, please do subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts. We're everywhere now. I think we're even on Alexa. You can shout Alexa. Mm-hmm play Mastering Portrait Photography and I believe we are now on there Uh, I had an email from their promotions team the other day saying such so I believe that to be true it is quite cool a little bit of a surprise also I have a couple of clients called Alexa I don't know how they're going to feel about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what can I tell you? you can't do anything like uh, that. if you feel like leaving us a review the best place is still iTunes uh, because it's the only place I think you can leave reviews mm-hmm. and ratings please do it helps our SEO which is always very welcome uh, if you have any suggestions for podcasts please email me I'm paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk 
That's, I'm sure you know it, because I do get emails. It's paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. And whatever is going on in your world, let's hope it's full of plenty of sleep, plenty of laughter, uh, whatever else. Remember, be kind to yourselves. Take care, guys. Take care, guys. Take care. That's one. Yeah. Yeah, take care. I took a lesson in tongue twisting from <laughs> Julia. Take care, guys. <laughs>